Welcome to the Counter Narrative Podcast, a show designed to change the way we talk and think about education. By sharing stories of successes and triumphs, we aim to challenge the dominant narrative that often negatively portrays our disenfranchised populations. I'm your host, Charles Williams, an urban educator for more than 15 years, a current school principal in Chicago, an educational consultant, an equity advocate, and the co-host of Inside the Principal's Office. Let's get started. This podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. Explore more podcasts at www.teachbetterpodcastnetwork.com. Now let's get on to the episode. This episode is a pause to ponder segment. These bi-weekly sessions will allow me to share with you my personal thoughts and reflections on a wide spectrum of topics as they relate to education. It is my hope that you will be able to take something from these segments and apply it in a meaningful way as you continue to do amazing work. Remember, while we all have different roles, we all have a single job, educating our students. So we've come to the final episode as we focus on the reflections around uh, my good friend Hedrick's uh, book, uh, Finding Your Blind Spots. As I've mentioned, the last three sessions of our Pause to Ponder segments have been collecting the ideas and the thoughts shared in the conversations that I've had with my staff as we've explored this book. Now, I'm going to be very honest. For this episode, I'm actually recording it in advance of that conversation only because I will not be in the conversation this week. In fact, I will be in Milwaukee for the WIDA conference, and thus I wanted to make sure that I was able to record this session and share it with all of you prior to me departing for that for that for this conference. So if you've had the opportunity, one, I would highly recommend that you you go back and, and, and check out the other episodes. If you haven't already done so, make sure that you also pick up the book. You can find it on Amazon and many other spaces where books are sold, but I would highly recommend going to Amazon and again listening to the other three sessions. Now As I close out, these two chapters are focused on representation and avoiding missteps. And chapter eight, I think, is really powerful in the way that it cycles back. But before I jump into that, I want to focus on chapter seven of this idea of representation. As I read this chapter, I couldn't help but to think about a resource that I used back when I was in the classroom it was originally called Teaching Tolerance. It has since changed its name. But this was back when I could get kits from the organization that included VHS tapes. 
Yes, yes, VHS tapes, not DVDs, not a link to, you know, a YouTube video, but an actual VHS tape that would have required me to roll the TV down into my classroom and to, right, enter that VHS tape. Now, I'm wondering, right, how many people listening to this are like, wait, what's a VHS, right? Because some of our young, young teachers, that is how young they are, right? It is... It is phenomenal to think that there are people in our schools now who have never used a VHS uh, in, in any capacity, but I, I digress. The reason I bring this up is that I remember a specific kit that I used because as I was teaching an honors English course, my students who were a good 50-50 mix of African-American and Latino students I oftentimes heard them engaged in what I dubbed the oppression Olympics. They would consistently go back and forth against one another about the, their current statuses in American society based on their histories and what they could have and should have done differently. And what I didn't understand is I was looking at two groups of individuals who were in very similar positions, very similar spaces, because of the histories that they both experienced in this country. And thus, teaching tolerance at the time, provided me with an amazing resource that looked at the history of various groups within America. Not only did it look at African Americans and Latino students, but it also looked at you know, Chinese immigrants, it looked at Irish immigrants and others who have a pretty rough history of oppression in this country. And as we wa walked through it, I, I was even surprised and amazed at the things that I learned. One of those, for example, was the role of the Texas Rangers. I, I, if, if you're not familiar, and, and this won't be in this conversation now going into depth, but I would encourage you to look up the history of the Texas Rangers and some of the atrocities that they committed in our Southwest against uh, the Latin populations that existed in those spaces. In short, I would say we would be appalled if there was a football team called the Alabama Klansmen, and yet we have a baseball team named the Texas Rangers, which at last point I checked were owned by former President's Bush family. But that, again, is a whole nother conversation. You see, in this chapter, Hedrick talks about the need for us to examine one another, to engage in these conversations and even discourse, debate with one another as we, as we explore just about how much we are alike. That, that is how we will be able to, to respect one another as individuals instead of all the labels and the pieces that are attached to us. I think so oftentimes, hence one of the reasons why that organization changed its name from teaching tolerance is that we're not asking students to tolerate one another. We're not even asking them just to accept one another. We are asking them to recognize that the person across from you is just that they are a person. 
They are an individual. They are a human being at the end of the day. And yes, there may be differences. There may be aspects of this individual that you do not understand, that you don't recognize, that you don't uh, appreciate, that you don't agree with, whatever it may be. But at the end of the day, that person is a person. And because of that, they deserve your respect just as much as the next individual. And that is what we need to teach our students that yes, there are differences, there are similarities, there are things that you may not understand, there may be things that you do not agree with, but at the end of the day, respect that person who is sharing space with you. Because at the end of the day, we are all human beings. A powerful, powerful, powerful chapter, which brings me into our final chapter, which I think is an interesting way. And I, I love the way Hedrick, how she, how she, well, I guess in this case, you, Hedrick, if you're listening to this, how you bring it full circle in this idea that as we attempt to engage in these practices where we're dismantling these biases, these systems of oppression, we must ask ourselves the motivation behind our actions. Does it stem from a space of true goodwill and good intentions with good outcomes, right? Because we've talked about just because they're well-intentioned doesn't mean that it takes away the negative impacts that those decisions may have. Or are you going into these choices from a biased point of view, right? In, in the space, we were talking about microaggressions. And one of the things that I didn't recognize was the fact that there were three different types. That's right, three. And, and, and something I never heard about, but those fall under microassaults, microinsults, and microinvalidations. And I want you to understand something that as I was typing those words as part of my response to my staff, that, that dreaded squiggly line popped up, you know, that, that line that says, hey, wait a minute, this word that you're trying to use isn't spelled correctly. We do not recognize this word. And yet these words were not misspelled. In fact, I went back and I checked multiple times thinking, did I miss a letter? Did I add a letter? No, 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 no. It was that these words were not part of the dictionary that the coders used as they developed the algorithms and the formulas to determine whether or not a word is spelled correctly. These should be words that are part of our daily language, part of the common English language, and yet all three were not recognized. What does that in itself tell us that this idea that these things, these very realities of individuals are not necessarily recognized by the larger population? And so we ask ourselves as we engage, as we attempt to dismantle these biased approaches and we make decisions within our spaces, are they authentic? Are they truly moving our students and our spaces towards a more just and equitable system? Or are these examples of micro-assaults and micro-insults and micro-invalidations? Are we telling people that 
we originally thought less of them or that we held different perceptions and attitudes and beliefs and we're appalled and, and surprised when th those are not the reality because somebody behaves or acts in a different way. So as I close this final pause to ponder segment, as we reflect on this book out, I want you to think about that. As you go through all of the steps that Hedrick has outlined, as you read this book, as you engage in these practices, always ask yourself, from where is this stemming? Is it true? Is it authentic? Or is it still work that needs to be done as I unpack and recognize and identify and thus address those biases that I hold? Until next time. I want to thank you for listening to the Counter Narrative Podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please be sure to like, subscribe, and of course, share it with friends and family. I'd also love to hear your thoughts about the show, so please leave a comment or two as well. Now, I'm not sure what platform you're using, but the show can be found on Anchor, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and plenty of other platforms. If the show isn't on your preferred site, let me know, and I'll be sure to get it up and running. This podcast is also featured on schoolrubric.com, where you can find educational articles, videos, and interviews with educators from around the globe. Be sure to connect with me and other listeners by following the show on Twitter at The CN Podcast and joining the show's Facebook group. Take care.